0: Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we learn about sex and desire and what we want to try next by listening to other people talk about their sex and desires and what they're going to try next. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with sex empowerment coach, sexy content creator, and doctor of physical therapy, Kyle Dean. Kyle sees clients online and in person helping to empower women and men who are longing for deeper sexual expression to embrace their intimate desires safely. He's a 30-year-old cis dude from New York who is heterosexual and bisexual, unpartnered, and is into erotic bodywork, CNC, breeding, public play, and group sex. Welcome, Dr. Kyle Dean.
1: Thank you so, so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to come on here.
0: The pleasure has been truly all mine, and yeah. I wish that you would tell our sweet audience, first, if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame with 10 being the most full of shame and one being the least shame, where do you fall right now?
1: Um, I would say a two, just because I feel there's always something underlying maybe some shadow something underneath that i still need to work on so i would say a two
0: is it usually a two or does it wiggle around i'd say it's usually a two
1: yeah nowadays maybe in the past it used to be lower or higher okay. based on your scale it. it used to be maybe around a four or five but we've worked down to a one with more self-awareness more education more coming into myself and my authentic voice so
0: fuck yeah Okay, and then can you give us just a little overview of what your sex life is like right now and your favorite
1: parts? Right now, my sex life. Well, the past month and a half, I actually just recently got over having a monkey pox, which kind of took my sex life away for about five, six weeks. I've only recently gotten back to being intimate just this past week. So that's exciting. So otherwise, it's been pretty null and void. But normally, uh, you know, I go through dry spells every now and then. And then also I do content creation on OnlyFans. So I might be working with other creators or making solo content. And then I usually have a partner or two regularly who are sexual, but I don't have any long-term partners uh, at this time.
0: Okay. And what would you say are your favorite parts of your sex life right now?
1: I'd have to say sharing about it because... Truthfully, my sex life is very, very dull at the moment. I'm just being honest. Uh, We're just getting back to things. So being able to share it and put it out there into the world, put out all the knowledge that I have and helping to empower other people in their sex lives is actually what brings me the most joy at this moment.
0: Okay, now can you give us your personal definition of sexy? What is sexy to Dr. Kyle Dean?
1: Mm, I want to choose a couple words. I feel I would say authentic, secure, and honest. I say that because, you know, we think of the physical when we think of sexy, right? Then the nice hair, the big chest, the big ass, whatever. But I think none of that matters unless someone is truly present with you. If they are completely authentic, they don't have a mask on and they're trying to make themselves out to be something just to make you happy or make others happy. When someone's just raw and vulnerable and their authentic self and fully self-aware of What they like and what they don't like, that's really sexy because then I know if I'm really going to vibe with this person or not. And if I don't, that's okay. Maybe we just stay mutual acquaintances or friends and that's better than wasting any time or energy. Fuck yeah.
0: When do you feel sexiest?
1: When I'm with someone, when I'm having intimate time with someone and I feel I'm providing them pleasure, I'm meeting their desires, I'm giving them the time of their life, the experience of their life. Sexy to me is feeling like I can show up for a partner, I can change their world, I can rock their world. And so that feels sexy to me because I feel like I'm bringing amazing value and amazing experience to this person.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you're service oriented or like how do you frame that sexiness Mm. that you described?
1: So service truly means when you're doing something directly for someone else's pleasure, not necessarily for your own. So, although I do do that at times, especially with a lot of the work that I do, no matter what, I still get some pleasure back from seeing someone have their desires met Mm -hmm. to be pleasured, to become empowered, no matter what uh, field or realm I'm working in, whether I'm working with clients or I'm working directly with a partner. uh, I just love to see someone come into themselves and be free and express themselves. So, when I can achieve that, that's really great. But of course, I do love pleasure myself, uh, and it's not just seeing someone else in pleasure, that gives me that feeling. I also like to be pleased as well. Uh, I'm just generally, generally more on the dominant side, but I do switch for partners. And so allowing them to take over and allow them to be in their realm and, and just worry about me and my pleasure is also a great experience too. Wow.
0: What counts as sex for you?
1: Uh, well, I'll say a lot of people think sex is just penetrative. And to me, sex is not just penetrative. Sex is intimate time, whether it's just external, uh, whether it's rubbing, touching, kissing, different forms of foreplay are a form of sex to me. Uh, So understanding that anything in that realm is sex to me. Um, There's also ways to energetically exchange sex. So with breath, with movement, really going deep and connecting with someone, that's also a form of sex to me. Also food. Food can be very sexual at times too. If we're just being honest,
0: like in a figurative way or like a literal. Like- both, okay,
1: both, yeah. Like whether you're bringing food into the bedroom or like you know you eat a really delicious meal and it's fucking orgasmic, yeah. yeah.
0: Or like I want to be a table for a sushi dinner,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That works too. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Or chocolate syrup and strawberries have and you whipped done that? cream. Yeah, I did have this. I mean, if we could go into a story, yeah, I did have this one time. This girl I went to college with after graduation. She was working in New York City. I'm from there, but I was living across the country. And every time I would come into New York to visit, she would hit me up and be like, hey, let's hang out. wanted to play because we had some good times in college. And this one time I went to her apartment and I was like, I think I brought up the idea of bringing chocolate syrup in the bedroom. She was down and we basically just used an entire bottle and covered each other with it. And it was really hot until it was over. And then we were an absolute fucking mess. And that was gross. But the moment was worth it. Uh No, I think she told me that she would just throw out the sheet, so she didn't really care. But yeah, it was a mess after. But during, great, great yeah. time. Would I do it again to that extent? I don't know.
0: In like a kiddie pool, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah, that would be good. And like, I don't have to clean it up. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 So as a young person, did you ever get a clear, explicit sex talk? Or was there ever a time where someone was like, hey, this is what consent is?
1: Mm. So sex talk, I remember, I believe it was six grade where, so I was 11 or 12, we had the students and our parents come in to an auditorium and they did some form of a sex talk talking about how women get pregnant and how that whole thing goes. You can't remember the full extent, but all I'll say is that's really all we had. Mm -hmm. We did have a health class, but I don't really think we spoke much other than about STDs. And we had some woman come in and give a speech about how she got HIV the first time she had sex. And tried to scare the crap out of every student. And I, I know I was scared. I remember because all I could think was, "I'm never having sex. I'm gonna die if I do." So that wasn't healthy. Uh, outside of that, though, we didn't really talk about consent necessarily, other than getting my parents telling me to like be kind and not, you know, do something wrong to someone or take advantage of someone. Uh, so that always kind of came across normal to me of like how to approach that if someone says no, to abide by that but nothing specific to sex. Okay.
0: And because I love examples and think that they're very hot, do you have a specific example from your adult grown-up life of a time where there was a clear, explicit yes that was super-duper hot?
1: Yeah, very recently I connected, well, prior to the whole Monkeypox episode, I connected with a girl, I think it was on Bumble. I live in Las Vegas. We're we're here in Las Vegas right now in Sin City. And we connected on Bumble, I believe, and she was visiting her mom to do some work and whatnot, but she was here for a couple of weeks and she was very flirty, trying to have a good time, got out of a recent marriage. So she was ready to just have fun. And we finally found a night to meet up and she wanted to do very adventurous things. And I was like, all right, um, like, let's go do something in public. And we went down to, well, I met her down at the Golden Nugget on Fremont Street. She was there with her mom gambling. And I said, let's meet on the street and then I will find an area to go in public and just fuck. And lo and behold, there's an alleyway like right down the street from Golden Nugget. And she met me outside. We walked over there within like two or three minutes. I bent her over behind this wall in this alleyway and was inside of her. And it was extremely hot. She loved it. She was all about it, you know. So when we first talked about it and she was a fuck yes, I was like, all right, let's do this thing. And she was trusting. We built a relationship you know, texting before we even went there. So we knew what she was okay with, what I was okay with, boundaries, all that kind of stuff. But she was very down. and It was a, an amazing fucking time.
0: Fuck yes. Okay. On that note of health and safety, mm-hmm. what do those conversations usually sound like for you? Like what's your ideal version of them?
1: Sure. So sometimes it comes up naturally where depending on the intent of whatever exchange or encounter or relationship I'm having, we might be talking about sexual things right away. And then If we're planning to meet up, I always make sure we have some form of conversation around sexual health, recent partners, you know, what are you looking for, just to make sure that people make informed decisions, myself as well as whoever I'm playing with, for safety purposes. But normally if that doesn't naturally come up, and I'm looking into having some sort of relationship with this person, whether it's sexual, uh, romantic, or something else, uh, I'll bring up a conversation called the SPREAD Talk. Uh, It's an acronym, and it stands for Sexual Health Preferences relationship status, emotions, ask meaning, ask your partner for them to go through that stuff and then desires. So there's more content that goes into the spread. Talk about what you talk about at each specific letter, but it's a way of going through all the things that way both partners can see, are we on the same level? Do we want to move forward with something sexual romantic or are we just staying friends and then speaking to desires and we can see where we match and basically just making sure we can make a conscious informed decision about, what we want to do with this person, how much risk we're willing to take.
0: Nice. Where did you learn that?
1: So I learned that at a sacred sexuality retreat um, or training, I should say, specifically called ISTA. I'm not associated with them, but it's where I'm learning a lot more about sacred sexuality, spirituality. Um, and I'm actually going to another training next week Cool. Uh, to continue my studies. Yeah.
0: OK, so now take us back to your younger years Mm. and like walk us through your whole sexual formative timeline of whatever is important but start with your earliest memory like when do you remember first hearing about sex or like having it enter your awareness
1: so i don't remember when i started liking girls or masturbating but i know i was masturbating before anything came out of my penis when i would orgasm so that was definitely around maybe 12 or 13 that i started maybe younger But I would just do this thing and it felt good and it was great until one day something came out of my penis when I did that and I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, So I would either do it in my bed like a dirty child or if I didn't want to make a mess in my bed that my mom could see, then this is kind of gross to be quite honest. I didn't know what else to do because I had no idea. I would my bed was in the corner of the room, so I would just turn to the side And just shoot my load all over the wall and it would just drip down the wall down to the floor between the bed and the wall and i would just keep doing that for a while later as the years progressed because i slept in that bed for a long time there was just dried stains down the wall that were like kind of gross and getting like brownish so i wish someone told me about like the sock method or something else earlier my mom eventually noticed that when they sold the house, like, years later. And my dad was getting the house already, apparently. And this is gross, but she goes, I don't know what you got on the wall, but your father had to scrape it off so he could paint over it. And I just was like, god damn. Uh, I have no idea what that is, Mom. I have no clue. It was probably soda or something. Yeah.
0: That's like a very... Uh, if you think about it, it's almost like a living art piece created over the years on accident, uh, it's like a any, target, like a
1: target. Um, it's always subjective, perspective, yeah.
0: Methods. What were your early methods like?
1: Just used my hand okay. and occasionally some spit. Other than that, oh, and then there was one time where I was like really wanting to experience something. I don't know what I why, but I went into my the freezer at my house. No one was home at this time. And my mom had this like, I don't know, frozen cake in the freezer. But it was like, it was still like cakey, even though it was frozen. And I took it out and I, yeah, I stuck my dick in that cake.
0: Like in the layers of the front. Like, what
1: yeah, is- I fucked the cake to the point where there was like cake all over the kitchen floor tiles and I didn't know what to do. I made a mess. I like, I, don't, I was just a stupid kid just trying to get off and horny and didn't know what to do. And yeah, there was fucking cake all over the floor that I like pushed under the cabinets into the corners. Because you have to understand my kitchen growing up was all white, like white tile, white cabinets, black and white. And so you would notice specks or crumbs. And my mom would call us out on it, be like, clean that up. And it'd be the littlest thing in a microscope. And I was like, oh, fuck. I don't even know what to do here. I don't know how to clean this up. And then she came home and she's like, what the fuck happened here? And I was like, I'd have dropped it. I don't know. And yeah, I just made up some bullshit excuse. Does she
0: She doesn't know that. Do you have the no. type of relationship? Okay. <laughs> no,
1: she does not know that I fucked a cake when I was like 12 or 13 years old. <laughs> I don't even know if I've told this story anywhere else. you really good. I really don't think I've told this anywhere else.
0: <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh because we're sharing a mic, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay so <laughs>
1: it was chocolate in case you wonder
0: <laughs> i was wondering <laughs> have you done that as an adult no i like, haven't no, fucked okay. a cake you, you
1: as a Would i, I, I judge someone if they wanted to do that no I'm i've wrong. thought about bringing cake in the bedroom but I'm, I'm also like that's a fucking mess you know also so, a man. lot of women are worried about like getting it in the wrong areas and their ph balance so mm-hmm. like Yeah, maybe one day we'll get a cake and, you know, for a birthday and then turn it sexual.
0: Hot. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, so you discovered yourself. Did you start exploring with partners next? Did you talk about sex with... Friends at school like what was kind of like the vibe in your household in your community that you grew up with?
1: So we didn't like talk about sex in my household However, my parents did have gay friends. They would go to a lot of drag shows on Fire Island because I grew up in New York on Long Island Um, and so they had friends who did drag and so Being around gay individuals was normalized in my family, which was a good thing because I know not a lot of people that was normalized for, especially seeing someone in drag as a kid Mm -hmm. in the 90s. Like that wasn't necessarily a normal thing to always be around. Uh, And it wasn't like all the time, but it was every summer they would go. Then also we had a gay couple that we met in a vacation to Cancun from England and they became really good friends and would visit every single year. So I did have relationships with people of various sexualities, which was good or sexual identities, but we didn't talk about sex much in the house. Other than that, okay. um, my brother had a girlfriend in high school and like I would start to play around with girls lightly, but I was a late bloomer. And so I wasn't super confident in high school. I was used to be the short kid. Then uh, I hit puberty. I skyrocketed, got taller than my friends, but then I was really skinny and lanky mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like man enough. and additionally. Since, you know, I hadn't really had any experiences with women or anyone, I was like, is my dick too small? Is it? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not confident. I I would literally avoid going to the high school bathroom in school because there was always kids smoking cigarettes or doing dumb shit in there. And I thought, oh, great. I'm going to go in there and they're going to judge me and they're going to look at me. And so I would literally never go to the bathroom in high school. I would just wait till I got home. Fuck. Yeah. All day? Yeah.
0: Did you get bladder infections?
1: No, okay. but I just don't think I drank water.
0: Oh, fuck. Okay. So
1: I definitely drink a lot more water nowadays. <laughs> Good. So, yeah.
0: Good. Okay. So when did you start exploring with partners? Like, how did you get from there to now you're like an erotic coach?
1: Mm. So I remember my first quote unquote girlfriend, I think it was in sixth grade. And like, I remember making out with her. We made out a few times, but that lasted all of like a month. And then as I like hit puberty, I remember I got my first girlfriend, but prior to that, prior to my first real girlfriend, I had my first sexual experience. I believe I was 16 and the girl that I slept with was a grade younger than me. And that wasn't the best experience either for anyone who doesn't have a great virginity story or breaking of their virginity. Uh, I went over to her house and went into her room. I don't remember how we planned it out, but I just remember was freezing cold room. She had the air conditioning on and I was already nervous. So I was already shaking and we were on her floor. Why we were on her floor. I have no idea. Like I was shaking, trying to get the wrapper off of the condom, trying to figure out how to put a condom on for the first time ever. And we did it. I don't think I lasted long at all. It was definitely less than like a few minutes and I was freezing the whole time. So that did not help. It was memorable, but not for like the best reasons, but we got it done and got past that. And then, yeah, and then I had my first girlfriend, like real one, for about a year. And we would play around. We had great times. Then she broke up with me when she went to college my freshman year, which broke my heart. Yeah. Went through that whole situation and led to me going into my whole phase of like, fuck relationships. I'm going to go have fun and do my thing. And that's when I started to fuck around a lot in college and really start to come into my sexual prowess in a way. Not necessarily in the most healthy ways. Uh, More in a, a validation manner of oh my god, I'm actually good at this and like this is fun I enjoy this it gives me attention like girls like me and so In addition to having friends who would also encourage it or like doing the same thing and seeing like who's sleeping with who the whole College thing right and like who's sleeping with more women or whatnot It was not the healthiest thing, but that's what we did and it was like a confidence boost to be like Oh, yeah, I've slept with like 20 girls now or something and so I did that for a while. Um, I had relationships in college, which unfortunately I definitely made bad decisions in, or I just got into relationships cause I was lacking self love. I was codependent and then I would self sabotage relationships because I didn't feel like I was worthy enough or I had these other sexual desires with other people, but I couldn't be honest about it because I was worried they would hate me, they wouldn't love me, they would break up with me, and then I couldn't stand that, so I had no idea what to do. And so I went through this like identity issue for a while and not having a job really, being broke in college. I just felt like I had nothing else besides either this relationship or my sex life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's the only thing that made me feel somewhat good about myself. Outside of that, it was a struggle, struggle to communicate. As a man growing up, my dad didn't really know how to communicate my brother didn't really communicate much. So I didn't know how to communicate my feelings. And I just kind of had a lot of guilt about having these sexual desires. And why can't I just be with one person and be happy like this person over here? Uh, And like monogamy was the only thing in culture. So I was like, there's just something wrong with me. I'm never going to be good enough. All this kind of crap I went through. And I didn't start really working past that until I got out of college, I got better about Telling people my intentions, like if I was just looking for something sexual, but I really just did go through it where we didn't communicate these things, and then a lot of people would have feelings for me, Mm -hmm. and then I would, you know, end up hurting someone because I'm like, that's not really what I'm looking for here, or I didn't know what I was looking for, yeah. And that lack of sexual or uh, just self awareness in general about my intentions led to me hurting others, and because I hurt others, I hurt myself because I didn't like making people feel bad. Uh, I just felt like I was a terrible person all the time. And I got eventually tired of feeling that way and tired of hurting other people and started to go through my path of a lot of personal development, uh, working with coaches, going to therapy, all the things, um, listening to podcasts uh, and just really working on myself these past like six years or seven. I don't even know where we're at now. And through all that, through a lot of that deep inner work, working on my inner child, shadow work, I've gotten to the place I'm at now. Now, being a sex empowerment coach, I'm also a doctor of physical therapy. Being a physical therapist, you have a great understanding of the body, um, how the nervous system uh, and trauma can affect the body and how you react, your behaviors, and that affects sex as well. Just as someone were to be sexually traumatized, there's physical trauma, whether it's a soccer injury or a car accident, there are all forms of trauma different in nature, but how they represent in the body at times or in behaviors or reactions can be very similar and a lot of the techniques to help someone calm down and work past that are very similar and just having been a very sexual being having had a ton of experience growing up and just honestly getting around uh, and working through my you know negative toxic traits as a man just becoming a better overall person I naturally started to step into this role of like I love sex and I would like to talk about it And once I had a couple partners who opened up to me and said, hey, like, you really need to coach this stuff. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, well, you really take care of me. You listen to me. You meet my desires. Like you give me an amazing experience. I have like the greatest sex with you. And I was like, well, I don't know. That's that's just what I do. Like, that's all I know. Like, I just know what I do. And they're like, well, most guys are not like you. They either don't care about me. They don't listen to me. They come before me. They like, they just don't meet my needs. And it's unsatisfying, I get frustrated and I just wish a lot more men knew what you knew and did what you did because I would be a lot happier. And I was like, oh, okay. And then after I heard that like similar stories a couple times and I helped one partner uh work past like trauma from an ex with like anal and just helping other girls like really explore their kinks without judgment and shame and all these things, which I just thought was normal. And that's just because I became more secure in my sexuality and my sexual desires as I became ethically non-monogamous, really stepped into that lifestyle and realizing it was for me. And that helped me open up and be just communicative and very honest from the start with everyone about my intentions, about my desires that I am a sexual being. And if you're not okay with that, then that's fine. And it started to lead to better relationships. I wasn't hurting anyone. I was educating more. I was just my authentic, honest self. And that started to show in social media content that I was making and sharing a lot more about that. And then I just dove more into my education around sacred sexuality, um, sex itself, and just really connecting my education, my experience, and this additional training to do what I do now as a sex empowerment
0: coach. Amazing and well told. Now I'm wondering, If you could perhaps share a few of those physical specifics of those things that your partners reflected to you that they love so much. You gave us kind of like Mm. facilitating the butt sex, but like maybe start with your personal favorites. So we know that you like making a partner feel good. What are ways that you like to do that specifically that Mm. others might benefit from hearing? And then I would love to hear what you love to receive.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, I would say one of the number one things, uh, which... This is more physical, but we'll get into the things that are more important. Uh, the physical thing is I can say I've helped numerous women uh, squirt for the first time, which is something that a lot of women might be nervous about or they want to do, but don't know how to or never felt safe to do so. And so I've enabled a lot of women to do that because I just know how to do it. And that's why like, I teach it and I make videos about it on like my OnlyFans and I'm going to make some more content about that in like upcoming courses about how to do some of these things. So you can pleasure your partner. But first it comes down to how do I make someone feel safe? And you make someone feel safe by bringing that presence of being aware of what they are trying to accomplish here, what type of connection they want, what desires they have, listening, maintaining eye contact, making sure that you're not just worried about yourself, but you're worried about your partner's desires. And so that's a big thing that a lot of my partners love is just that I'm like, I listen, I take my time, if, if they say no, and they want to stop or slow down, like I do it. And then they realize, okay, like, we can push boundaries here, because they feel safe to do so. And they know if I say no, or I say stop, like, if I communicate my needs, he's going to listen. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of stress away. And the ability to go, all right, now we can we can push a little harder, because like, I, I feel safe with you to do so. And so that's where I've been able to help women like try out anal or try out BDSM or getting tied up. It just takes that level of safety and communication. Yeah, I would say the squirting, for sure, but really just the safety communication factor.
0: Do you warn them? Are you like suddenly squirting them, or are you like I'm gonna make you squirt now? Or does that make people more anxious? Or does it?
1: Well, just we might to- talk about it prior, okay. like you know, whatever their interests are. Because a lot of women say, Oh, I would really love to squirt, but I've never done it. And I go, I could help you with that. (laughs) And they go, really? And some of them are like, don't believe it. They're like, Okay, yeah, sure. We'll see. And I'm not kidding. Like, this is not to be cocky. I just know what I know what I'm doing. There's certain ways to facilitate it. And I've made some, like, fully orgasm, fully squirt in the first, like, two minutes of playing with them. Mm. Because I just know what I'm doing. Um, Or there's just ways to arouse someone, again, make them feel safe. If they don't feel safe, they're going to guard and they're not going to be able to fully release. Like if you want something out of your partner, whether it's new or recurring partner, they need to feel safe. So their nervous system can relax, their muscles can relax, and they can stop judging themselves and just fully immerse themselves in it. Because there are some women who, when you're about to squirt, I don't know the true feeling because I don't have, I do. a, I don't have I a vulva the or a vagina. I know the feeling a
0: lot. I've squirted a lot. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but it feels like you're about to pee for many. Yeah. And some women, for the first time, they're like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm going to pee. And they get really self-conscious about that. Mm. Like, I don't want that to be seen. Like, I don't want to make a mess. And I just tell them, fuck yeah, do it. I want to see that. Like, I love that. Yeah. I'm like, do it. So it's just a, a lot of encouragement and, and, and empowering someone yeah. to be like, release. Like, this, don't hold yourself back the same way. When you're doing breath work or you're doing other forms of release or you're dancing, how we can get it in our own, own, own heads about, I don't want to move that way because someone will look at me or, you know, if I breathe too heavy in this breath work, I might actually like cry or something. I'm like, that's what we want. Yeah. I want you to hit that point. I want your nervous system to finally just go, huh. I surrender and just let things flow. And so it's a great therapeutic thing for many people to fully release and like, oh, my God. This is an amazing experience. And not every woman orgasms with squirting. It can happen simultaneously. It can happen separately. But it's still an amazing feeling. Exactly.
0: Yeah, It's like hotly intense. And it's Mm -hmm. especially if I have a partner who loves squirting, then it's like hearing that feedback, like hearing that it feels like an accomplishment, but it's just like hotness.
1: Mm -hmm. It also, again, it empowers someone to know, oh, like I don't have to feel self-conscious about this, like guys like this or women like this. That's what it comes down to a lot of times when it comes to sex and kinks and desires is we judge ourselves and we don't want to go there because we're worried people are going to think we're weird or strange or different and they're not going to like me. And I'm like, these are your desires. If I'm not into it, I'll say that politely and just be like, you know what? That's not for me. Um, but, you know, if someone's like wants to suck my toes or something, I'm not really into that. But I respect you for having that kink. It's just not something that might be a boundary with our relationship. Like, I'm not into that. Are you ticklish? Uh, I am ticklish in certain areas. On your toes? I, I think it depends or on you how, just you, like how you touch them, okay. you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. my ticklishness varies a I love, lot.
1: Yeah, I love, a, a, like, a firm foot rub. But if you start being, like, real light touch with a bet, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to feel good.
0: What about receiving? Give us details. Mm. And you can receive in giving. But, like, tell us the specifics of your body and what it loves
1: relaxation. Uh, I like to feel a rush. I like to go into almost like subspace Mm -hmm. where you come out of the room and you're just getting so involved with the partner or partners you're with and you enter this whole other realm where you're more out of your head and just into your body and just feeling everything. I love nails. I like scratching, light spanks, light choking, but not too much there. I do love any sort of massage technique. Firm gripping is cool. Some hair pulling, pretty good.
0: Is that all receiving or is it giving and receiving? The difference is for you? Um, Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires and find like-minded people. This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences, so they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages, until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today.
1: I mean, those are definitely things I would receive. Okay. I'm happy to do those things for someone, but being a physical therapist and doing body work, I'm, like, used to doing massage and using my hands, so I do know how to use my hands very well in that manner and, like, know what feels good or do soft tissue mo- mobilization, but in this case, in more of a sensual manner. Okay.
0: And it doesn't feel like work if you're doing it on someone you, like, want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Like I do, I do love fingering yeah. is the number one way I actually use to get someone to squirt. Yeah. And I just love being able to keep, maintain eye contact and as I'm doing it right. Yeah, it's just, I just love seeing it and feeling it and connecting in that way. And just until they hit orgasms.
0: Okay, now tell beautiful. us specifics of your cock, your balls. Like what are you, are you mm. into butt stuff? Do you like your, like, and are there any other erogenous zones like, ears yeah. and
1: like what's Again, I love like running nails through my hair on my head feels amazing that might put me to sleep though I don't know if it'll get me aroused but I do love my feet like pressure to my feet feels great it was just one time during a three-way with two other girls one of them happened to be a massage therapist and my girlfriend at the time was riding on top of me and I couldn't see the second girl but she was down by my feet just watching and then she started to like rub my feet as the other was riding me and I was like, holy shit, this feels amazing. And I ended up like coming really hard. And once I was done, I was like, what the fuck were you doing down there? She's like, I was just pressing on your feet. I was, you know, massaging your feet. I was like, that was great. And then at the time, I didn't know anything about erogenous zones. And then I learned about it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense now. So yeah, definitely my feet. All right, my cock, it is cut. I think that's a nice cock. I usually get compliments on it. It's very straight. It's not curved or anything. It's got a nice tip to it.
0: Where its sensitive parts?
1: Sensitive. frenulum a, a little bit, which is around the tip, underside. Like my tip, like if you are like sucking on my tip a lot or playing with it, it's like overtly sensitive where I might have to tell you to stop because it's like too much. It's like overstimulation. And then I do like my balls being lightly played with, like a little tickle or like nails on them. And I love my perineum played with too. So in between the taint, as you would, between the balls and the anus uh, it's really nice to get like rubbed there use a little oil or spit and the greatest combo of course is like getting your balls sucked on while she's stroking your cock and also playing with your perineum or asshole that's just fucking great yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i'm above average i'll say that if you want to see the whole thing you could go to my OnlyFans. Yeah, only
0: OnlyFans. <laughs> are you into butt stuff for yourself or giving receiving
1: so butt stuff i've definitely done um, it's not like a make or break for me though. Like if I went my whole life without it, I'd be okay. But at times I definitely do it. I usually only do it with a partner. That's a regular partner just because like a new encounter, I don't know if this person knows how to do that stuff. If they have had their nails cut, I will not fuck with you. If you have long nails, like you're not going to go there. But I also do like have a love remote control vibrating butt plug that I'll use on me. Occasionally a partner will use it. Obviously we'll clean it. And yeah, I've done other things. Like I did a double ended dildo with a girl once
0: uh, What position? and like in? been
1: fingered or eaten out. I like to be eaten out. But I will say a big reason why I don't do a ton of anal stuff is because in the past I had diagnosed prostatitis, which is basically inflammation in the prostate. And so if you go into the anus, that's where you can palpate or touch the prostate and apply pressure. And when that used to happen, it would cause like a burning sensation. And so it it wasn't enjoyable oh. and if at some times it would actually like exacerbate my symptoms so that was a big reason why I actually like avoided anal stuff for a while because I was worried even if I wasn't having symptoms if I was playing in there a lot more that I might get the infection again which anyone can get any man can get um and sometimes it's bacterial sometimes it's uh other things that are related but I didn't want that to come back because it was not comfortable and I had it for a while
0: you mentioned threesomes earlier Mm -hmm. have you had more of those like tell us a little bit about your group sex experience and or desires and or anything non-monogamy related that may come up in that context
1: so i've definitely had a handful of threesomes i've had i don't know how many threesomes i've I've had probably double digits but like not like more than 20 absolutely not more than 20 but maybe around like 10 to 15 and then i've had a four-way once and a five way once I think that's it uh. So usually the, the times that I, I was doing these things or able to have group sex more regularly was when I had a partner who was into it and very open like outside of that if you're the only way you're gonna find it is if you're finding like a couple that's wanting to bring you in as like a unicorn or something because otherwise if you're trying to find two people on your own it's very difficult honestly people flake people aren't picky. this person doesn't like that person but they like you. So normally I had like a partner who was either romantic or sexually related that we would go explore or find people. The five-way started out as a three-way. So there was this one time I came up to visit her, that the girl that I would play with sexually. I got a hotel for the night. I was like, let's just have a night. We'll play, have fun. And we talked about having three-ways and like I was on Tinder and I matched with this girl while I was there. I told her what we were doing and I was like, hey, do you want to come over and like have a three-way, but make it a surprise? And she was actually down like this was within like 20 minutes of talking because my girl was coming over very soon. I was like, come over to the hotel. We'll meet, hang out for a little bit and we'll surprise her. And that's literally what we did. I made out with her first a little bit and just like, you know, get to know her and have some fun and warm up. And then when my girl arrived to the hotel, I turned off all the lights. I blindfolded her. I was like, I have a surprise for you. And trust me, I knew like she would be okay with this. Important context. Yeah, I knew this was like consensual, that she would be into it. And the other girl who was waiting, she was, I had her waiting naked with whipped cream on like just above her pussy. And I took my girl, I started making out with her while she was blindfolded, started to undress her. And then got her to the point where I put her on the bed and just put her face right in this girl's pussy. And she was like, it took me a second to know what was happening. But then I like licked around and then realized, and she just started to eat this girl out. And then I started to fuck her from behind. Eventually she took the blindfold off and was super into it. They started fucking each other. So it worked out great. But again, I knew this girl very well. We've had conversations like this. So this was something she was okay with and consenting to and wanting to do. And I made sure that The girl I found was someone she would be interested in and was safe and all these things. So, yeah, those two, we ended up meeting again for another night. And then we found a couple to come join. And the couple, the only thing about the couple was the girl was on her period. So she was a little limited in how she played. But otherwise. Still counts
0: as a five, Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. So it was two guys and three girls, which was. Fun. I would just, it would have been greater if that girl could have played, but understandably she didn't feel comfortable. So
0: how are you playing with dudes?
1: Totally fine. As long as there's no like power struggle between guys. Like I don't fuck with that at all. Um, if like one's trying to be dominant towards me, I'm like, that's not what this about. Like, this is just, we're all having fun. You know, if there's certain boundaries, like if it's a couple, sometimes they don't want me like kissing the girl on the mouth or it's like a absolute must that I wear a condom because she's not on birth control kind of thing. Like, oh, of course, respect all those things. But there was like one time where I remember I was fucking this guy's wife and like I came on her belly and he was like, you clean that mess up now or something. And it was kind of like very like instructional and dominant. I was like, OK, it's like a little weird. Not easy. Um, yeah. So as long as people are very chill, there's a good vibe if I don't feel that way, I'm not going to be into it. Like, I don't, I don't want that at all. Like, I want to be able to feel like I can just hang out with these people.
0: Okay. And you're straight. But like, would you like a guy to suck your cock if it's in a threesome situation? Or like, what's your kind of vibe like that?
1: Yeah. So I get asked this all the time, because a lot of people think or have wishful thinking that I am gay or bisexual. And the truth is, I'm not. Um, I say I'm heterosexual, but bisexual, meaning I'm totally cool with like cuddling with my gay friends and, um, you know, going to gay clubs. And giving a guy a hug, like, you know, that's okay with me, but I have no sexual or romantic interest in men. And I've had like sexual encounters or explorations that I've had to see, like, is this something I even want? And once was with a bisexual guy and his girlfriend, which tried penetration, did not enjoy it whatsoever. Had like one or two other encounters that were a little milder than that. And both times not interested at all. If anything, I was like, I need to leave now or I need to stop this because I'm feeling weird about it. It doesn't feel right. But with that said, like, I have no problem being naked in the room with a guy, you know, touching, like I've done double penetration on a girl. Like, that's not a big deal for me. Uh, So as long as those boundaries are are met and just respected, then I have no problem.
0: You mentioned being into CNC play. Mm -hmm. Will you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So for those who don't know, CNC is consensual non-consent. It's basically, I like to be in more of a dominant role, generally speaking, although I will be submissive at times for partners. Uh, I do enjoy that at times, but I'm generally more dominant. And consensual non-consent, it it sounds confusing, but it's basically, uh, let's say your partner says, I want you to take advantage of me and, you know, within these boundaries. So you can do anything you want to me except don't slap me in the face and don't choke me but you can put it in my ass. You can put it in my pussy. You can spank me. And then, you know, just in case, uh, let's have safe words of like red means stop, yellow means pause kind of thing. And so within that you can do whatever you want to me. You can use rope, you can use tape. So you are consensually allowing someone to do whatever they want to. you. So do things that are non-consensual in a consensual way. If that makes sense, that can be confusing. So think of like, and I I don't want to trigger anyone with this, but Some women do have uh, rape fantasies uh, where they want to be taken advantage of, but obviously it's in a way that they know they're going to be safe at the end of the day. Like they're going to walk away from this. They're not going to have an STD. They're not going to be traumatized because some women who have had trauma or men as well, these thoughts or these desires come up as fantasies and you don't need to give reasons to it. But I
0: was going to say, I haven't had trauma, but I also
1: those things. Yeah. And and, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have trauma to have these fantasies. But for some who have had those traumas, doing this form of play can actually be very therapeutic and replace the negative experience with a positive one where I got to be taken advantage of, but in a safe way. Like I knew that this person is going to stop. I know they care for me. I know they're doing this in a caring way. And that like I get to have this experience that's a good release for me. And then you're taking the, that negative experience and replacing it with one that was positive and enjoyable.
0: Fuck yeah. Okay, and I would love to hear, maybe these go together, maybe they don't, uh, breeding and public sex.
1: Mm. Well, I did talk about public sex already a little I bit. I know,
0: you gave us a preview, but you didn't tell us, like, in general, it's a thing you yeah. do, you give us one specific example.
1: Yeah. So on my OnlyFans, I do a mix of content. I do educational content because of what I do as a sex and empowerment coach, and also a lot of people just want to learn from me. Because I am very sexually experienced. So I'll make educational videos. Like I made one on how to use a penis pump today and a cock ring, how to use a fleshlight, how to make someone squirt, like all these different things, partner massage. Uh, and then I also just do general NSFW content because people wanna watch me. And so I really enjoy doing things outdoors. So we'll go hiking uh, in a bunch of the videos that I have and just do it out in nature where it's very like primal and very raw. I've done it, like, in a river. I've done it on mountains. So that's a lot of fun. Obviously, if I am, like, more in the public, I do take precautions because I don't want to expose someone that's really non-consenting or, like, risk getting in trouble. Yeah. But, like, for example, that first story I told you, we were in an alleyway in Las Vegas. Number one, Las Vegas, like, I've seen people fucking in their cars walking down the street. So it's a little more like it's Sin City. It's like you see these things. You see worse things on the street than that. But still, like we made sure uh, we were kind of like behind this. it wasn't a dumpster or anything, but it was some sort of wall, uh, so I knew we were hidden, but there's a chance someone could come out of nowhere and we might like pull our pants up and run so I, it's a bit of the risk, it's a bit of the thrill um the spontaneity, uh, it's a lot of fun as opposed to just predictably doing things in the bedroom every single time yeah
0: yeah, what about like parties or clubs? Is that your vibe?
1: um I'm not a big partier nowadays because i don't really I don't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: sex parties
1: um so i really don't go to sex parties i totally would
0: okay.
1: but i have just always traveling so i don't always a like have a normal community mm. of kink around that i can be a part of and usually you have to like ingrain yourself in some of those communities so people know you they know you're like you're recently tested who your partners are right so it's safe um and then like this is las vegas so there's lifestyle clubs here but some of them are grimy or it's not the people that I want to be around. So I don't necessarily put myself in those positions. Yeah.
0: What about sexting, nudes, porn?
1: Mm, love sexting, love sending and receiving nudes. Definitely a bit of an exhibitionist. And yeah, I watch porn, but in like a healthy manner, moderate manner. Like,
0: What's your definition of healthy?
1: You're not addicted to it. It's not affecting other parts of your life. It's not taking away from your current relationships. You're not utilizing it. Instead of your relationships, so you're jerking off to porn instead of having sex with your partner, right? Um, so as long as it's not affecting those other parts of your life and it's uh, not consuming you and you can use it in a healthy manner, an ethical manner, that's maybe benefiting you because using porn, ethical porn, can benefit you. Obviously, you need to know that most porn sites that you go to, Pornhub and red tube or whatever the fuck else there is, a lot of that is, is, is a performance. It's not real you know, they're using actors who are paid and this is their job and they might be cutting scenes and they might be using pills such as Viagra and all these different things. So as long as you understand, if you're watching that type of porn, that that's not like real and you shouldn't expect that from partners, then that's cool too. But there are ethical forms of porn where they're not using all this extra shit. Like it's very real. It's very authentic so that it's replicable in real life for you. But yeah. I just make sure I'm not over-utilizing it.
0: Okay, cool. Any other turn-ons, turn-offs, or fantasies we haven't touched on? Or just stories that are hot? Fantasies, I, I mean, I definitely
1: have, like, fantasies of more group play. Would love that. Or having, like, a partner that's very exploratory and down to, like, do all different types of shit where we can really explore together and just be very sexual in nature. I also love enjoy meeting people uh, from different countries Um, different accents. I find it very sexy to connect with someone on that level who's grown up in a different culture, speaks a different language, like learning to connect in that way and then bringing it to the bedroom is very hot from my experience. And so more of that, so I will be doing more traveling coming up very soon, going to Costa Rica in two weeks. Uh, So I'm very stoked for that. And I do love sexting and dirty talking and all that like that'll put me in sex brain sometimes if someone's like on the same level as me I'll have to actually like stop because it'll that's when it like might take away from my day because so I'm like I can't stop talking to this person or like I'm really I'm, like, I just jerked off five times today because of all these conversations we're having like it's very a big turn on for me
0: i'm literally I'm like I just want that in my background all the time. <laughs>
1: It takes, it can take away though. Like if it's really turning my eye on, or this person's like really hot, I'm very attracted to them. Uh, it can like, uh, there's been days where I've jerked off for hours or yeah. edged for yeah. hours. Um, next thing I know it's two in the morning and we've been talking for four hours and I haven't even come yet. I'm like, damn, like I gotta go to bed. Like we gotta, we gotta <laughs> take a few days off of this. Um, but that's good. It's like a, it's a form of connection. And if I can't do that with someone, there's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at least for me. Like that's here, something here. I want in my relationship.
0: Fuck yeah! Okay. So what are your hopes for your sex life going forward? We heard some fantasies, but like overall mm. hopes for the future
1: hopes for my future. I mean, I would love to find primary partner that I can build a foundation with really focus on our relationship first, but is also very sexual and eventually will be open in some form so that we can play and and explore love with other people in sexual ways or romantic possibly. But I really just want to build that foundation first with someone who's like on that same level consciously when it comes to sex and be able to travel and be able to meet people together and have fun and and just really explore that life while still having that trust and that bond and knowing that we are our rocks uh, and that we can just meet people on these journeys that we can bring into our lives. Uh, So that would be ultimate maybe we end up having some form of triad. I don't know, but I'm not going to get to that point until I've met that person. And until then, just continuing to educate and explore and meet new people and have great times.
0: On the note of that education, is there anything else you want to tell us about what you do?
1: Uh, Sure. I mean, for those who are interested in more of like what I do for work Um, I have my own business. I'm a sex empowerment coach. I'm also a physical therapist, so I utilize my education and my experiences to help people overcome shame, overcome trauma, to be more accepting of their kinks, just educated sexually so they can fully express themselves, be empowered in their sex life and in their intimate life and in their relationships so they can attract the right energy into their life. They can forego any shame or anything holding them back and really just fully embrace who they are on the deepest level. Because when it comes to your sex life and your intimate life, you really have to have self love first, you know, in order to be able to put yourself out there fully. Um, and a lot of people hold themselves back and it affects the rest of their life. So my goal is with, um, I have a private group that I've created. It's called sexual empowerment for high performers, where we have over a hundred members now where I do weekly live trainings, helping people, Step into their authentic sexual self, improve their relationships—all these things, which has been really great to see grow. Um, I'll be coming out with like a six-week coaching program um, where there will be modules, live trainings, um, calls on a one-to-one level, where I'm helping people go from this hole that they're in, stuck in their shame, stuck in their negative beliefs, stuck in a crappy relationship, stuck not getting their desires met, to coming out the other side, releasing their inner slut, being free sexually, being liberated, and not holding back and just putting that out there and allowing that to flourish in the rest of their lives. So yeah, I do that. Um, I do one-to-one coaching with people and I also do OnlyFans. So that's another form of education where I'm creating educational NSFW videos, really on more things in the bedroom as opposed to inside the individual. And yeah, I was on a reality show too recently. If anyone wants to watch that, it's called The One That Got Away on Amazon Prime. Did you get get away? Well, I'm here now and I'm single, so we'll say that. (laughs) But you can check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch me get denied. And, but you'll, you can determine for yourself if... Uh,
0: what the win really was.
1: Who's, yeah, who won. <laughs> yeah. Who won and who didn't.
0: Do you have any other final thoughts on sex in general? For
1: anyone out there who's listening and like wants to be more empowered in their sex life and is maybe listening to these podcasts by while who wants to, like, explore more and get out there and, like, be more confident in their sex life, continue to learn, continue to educate, to continue to put yourself in communities where you can talk about these things without judgment, without shame. Like, that's why I created the community I have, because everyone can freely talk about their problems without judgment or shame. And we can work towards helping these people so they can have better relationships and have better sex and work through their problems. So if that's someone like you, maybe you're struggling with your sexuality or you don't have people to talk to who are going to be open talking about sex, find those communities. That's going to help you embrace yourself more, allow yourself to flourish, and you're not going to hold back in other parts of your life. Because if you can be fully open sexually, everything else is a cakewalk to talk about for the most part. So really put yourself in those communities, educate yourself and keep learning and don't judge yourself. So, yeah,
0: I would say that. And if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say?
1: I would go back to, what, when I was 12 <laughs> and tell him to use a sock. <laughs> Stop making a fucking mess. But then again, like, the socks, like, I used the socks at a, at a point. And you know what happens? They like get fucking crusty. And i like, she knew. She definitely knew. She just never said anything. So I don't even know what I'd tell him. <laughs> I'd be like, do it in the shower. But then in the shower, then she'd be like, why are you taking so long? Like she'd know what I'm doing, and I don't like shower sex. Yeah, it's not fun. I don't enjoy it. It
0: gets sticky so fast.
1: Ah, it's dry. It's like a there's less sensation.
0: Okay, so you'd so just yeah, be like, hey, yeah. you're like be fine. I'll do
1: shower stuff, but it's like, all right, let's get out. Let's get in the bedroom. Let's, yeah. you know.
0: I do. Where can people find you online?
1: Uh, where can people find me? I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and OnlyFans at Dr. Kyle Dean. D R K Y L E D E A N. I also have a VIP site on OnlyFans, but go to my free page, you'll check it out. And then, yeah, go on, go on Amazon Prime to watch me on a reality show. Outside of that, you could also go to my website, drkaldine.com, or if you just go to my link tree in my Instagram or TikTok bios, uh, you could find all the things I offer from my one-to-one coaching, uh, my private sexual empowerment for high performers Facebook group, um, and any of my other offerings. But if you have any questions for me, if you're interested in working with me or anything else, uh, feel free to send me a DM. That's where you can easily get in contact with me.
0: Fuck yeah. Dr. Kyle Dean, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's
0: been a pleasure. Do you have a sex question for me? What type of food have you brought in the bedroom?